Hi, producer Michael Brust here. Just wanted to give a quick editing note. This podcast was recorded hours before the announcement that Chase Garbers was cleared to play for Saturday's game against USC. However, I think you'll find our analysis regarding the quarterback situation to still be prudent for this upcoming game. Okay, enjoy one golden moment. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another Golden Moment. My name is Spencer Gamalka. I'm the sports editor at this lovely Daily California newspaper. And before we get started, I wanted to congratulate our fellow football beat writer. His name's Josh, but he's also now the editor-in-chief at the Daily Californian for the 2020 spring semester, everybody. Round of applause, round of applause, round of snaps. Congratulations, Josh. Thank you, everyone. Really appreciate your support. That's all I have to say for now. All right. More to come. More to come. On to um, football. Yeah. On to football. On to football, which is actually worth talking about this week. Um, Cal beat Washington State 33-20, to and um, there's a lot to unpack. I think uh, I say that every week, and I say I don't know where to start, but I actually do know where to start because there was a lot of good coaching. There was a lot of good coaching on display. There was a lot of good playing on display. I think Devon Monster obviously played the game of his life. The rushing game is back. The blocking is back. The defense is back. Uh, everything that we've been wanting so far from Cal was uh, ever apparent at the uh, at this juncture. So uh, let's get it. Let's get it to it. What do you guys? Uh, what do you guys want to start with? Well, first of all, this was the result that no one saw coming. I yeah. mean, all of us predicted losses. I saw like. Something on the athletic where all their Pac-12 beat writers predicted losses. No one had Cal. I would like to say though, sorry, at the beginning of the season, at the very beginning, I predicted that we were going to win. Yeah, I did as well. But then, yeah, yeah, the four-game losing streak this ended it. So uh, Weaver was joking that we uh, won four, lost four, and now it's got to be another four in a row in the victory column. But um, lit. Yeah, it was uh, very, very much unexpected, and the fan turnout was about what we expected. 39,168. Yeah, but that should, I think this win definitely will help the attendance factor against USC. So uh, It was already going to be like 50,000 against USC, and I don't think it'll change that much because of the late start and stuff like that, but it's going to be great. And then even looking a little bit beyond that, like, y'all ever been to El Paso, Texas? Because <laughs> all of a sudden, teams went from like, this, te- this team's not going to make a bowl game to... Pencil into the Sun Bowl, as yeah. a lot of people are saying. So Yeah, what's the name of that? That's a that weird tiger, name. Tony, Tony the Tiger, the tiger Sun Bowl, the tiger baby. Sun Bowl, yeah. So, El Paso, got any Rex? Cal's almost there. Like That makes me upset. That name? Tony the Tiger. Yeah. Tony the Tiger, baby. That, yeah. It's I'm, like I'm, Travis Scott has Reese's Puffs now. Like, totally unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, equally random and... <laughs> Not a good Yeah, I don't pair. know who Tony the Tiger is. But... The Frosted Flakes. Yeah. Dude. Oh, Tony really? Yeah. I didn't know his name was Tony. Why would it just yeah. be Frosted Flakes? So like... Cheese It Bowl and then the Frosted Flake Bowl? Dude, yeah. exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah, there <laughs> we go. Oh, it it used to be sponsored by Hyundai, so they replaced the car company with freaking Frosted, Frosted Flakes. Another like, awesome. Tony yeah. the Tiger Bowl. There you go. I'm down with that. That sounds better, honestly. Nah. None nope, of these nope, are appealing. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> sure doesn't. Sure doesn't. Josh, uh, could you attest to uh, the coaching staff actually doing something of worth? My on, my on individual of the night is Mr. Bo Baldwin. Dude. Praise Bo. Oh, what um, the fuck? Fast developing plays. The ball to Kakoa Crawford. A good healthy balance between the, the pass and the run. That was one of the things that we were looking for this week. Obviously, Washington State's secondary was something that we 
question going in if there was one spot that Cap kind of exposed. Give credit, obviously, to Devon Monster. I mean, everyone was coming for this guy's head. There was yeah. questions about whether Spencer Brown should get a chance over him, for him or not. That's all, at least for now, like, behind us. Because Devon Monster is going to be more than likely starting against USC. Um, got some of his swagger back. It's actually his first... First collegiate win as a starter. He had won games off of the off the bench before at UCLA, but his first win as a having started a game and finishing it. Aside from the Gavin Reinwald fumble, I yeah. felt like the offense was just clicking on all cylinders yeah. as well as we've seen it this year. It, it, it was impressive. His monsters known for through the air, and he was making plays, extending with his feet. Right. I mean, he had the rushing touchdown. Yeah. He had a twenty-six yard run. I mean. Give this guy credit. Let them enjoy. Mm-hmm. It. Obviously, there's a big test this week against USC, but if we're talking about last Saturday. So much to like be excited about. That's true. Like a stark contrast from from you know what happened in Utah. You know as to what happened today. Hey, hey, like, hey. Uh, on behalf of Emily and I, we don't talk about that. <laughs> we uh, don't talk about Utah. We, we've suffered enough. Um, I <laughs> think finally, like Baldwin and you know Safel coming back helps a lot, but actually utilized his arm in a way that was successful. Yeah, I think we saw like four deep passes in the first quarter. Yeah. And like Baldwin definitely deserves credit for this is the first game in a long time that I saw him play to his whole offensive strengths. Like I mean Makai Pope's not a physical like oh like possession receiver. So you set him up on a screen and let him have the open field, which is what he did. And he used Crawford came back from injury and sent him deep on like a couple throws in a row. So we saw Finally, I mean, obviously, you have to give credit to the offensive line and Mike Zafel coming back. That helped a lot. I think Monster only got sacked twice on the night. It's like once or twice, yeah. Yeah. And he didn't even realize he got sacked in the postgame prep round. He, said yeah, he credited line. his offensive line. Devon, can you talk about the importance of having Mike Zafel and McCade Metz Tower back in the lineup on the offensive line? Oh, it was great. I don't think I got sacked one time tonight, but um, Mike, he's, he's a great leader and um, he makes all the right calls. And um, the O-line did a great job tonight. Yeah, for everything. But, I mean, if Baldwin can continue continue playing that, I mean, we saw, like, Christopher Brown Jr. was finally, like, running downfield. We didn't see as many of those, like, slow-developing plays, and that just helped a lot. Yeah. Team's 5-0 and oh, and Kako Crawford's in the lineup. <laughs> I know. People, I mean, wow. people forgot that he was the leading receiver before he went down. I mean, and I wanted to say, like... Uh, Rewatching the game on the telecast, like it was encouraging to finally see like one individual wide receiver kind of take the forefront because that hasn't happened the last few weeks, at least to me. I mean, clearly at Utah, but the games before that, like there was just kind of like every you know wide receiver, you know tight end here and there would catch would catch an errant completion from Monster because they were few and far between. But like Crawford played well, Polk played well. Uh, you know, Reinwald had a few mistakes. I mean, I, I give Reinwald credit too. I mean, the the unsung heroes in this game, I think, was the theme. Makai Paul, Gavin Reinwald, even Deshaun Collins, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, these these guys that you wouldn't expect to be there with, obviously, Jordan Duncan, only two catches, Nico Romijo out, right? Yeah. Just the names that stepped up were the ones that you didn't expect. I think that was special about the night was that it was a team win solely because of the guys that stepped up like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Reinwald, one thing I noticed about Reinwald, he's... A great blocker from great what blocker. I've seen. He's like on blocker. Christopher Brown Jr.'s touchdown, his receiving touchdown, Brinewald had a block that like allowed Christopher Brown Jr. to get into the end zone. And then obviously he he did make a couple of mistakes, but I mean he redeemed himself with a touchdown, so you can't blame him. I was gonna say, I think it's like I think the game was so good because obviously Cal played extremely well on every side of the ball. But also I think it showed me, it gave me a lot of hope for, you know, going to USC because showed me that they can contest pretty powerful offenses, which is, like, all they're going to see for the remainder of the season. Mm. And, I mean, like, Gordon 
Anthony Gordon, Wazzy's quarterback, he didn't miss many passes really, except for that first pick that he threw. Like he was, he was doing really well. And there was a point where he had like at least nineteen straight completions. It might have ended up being. Well, here's what's key about that: the fact that that's actually encouraging me that there were nineteen passes completed because. Wazoo beats teams that are right outside of the hashes. The fact that he was having to dump off to Brandon Arcanado in yes. the middle. By the way, 12 catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. He's my fantasy receiver next year, man. Like, yeah. this guy, I mean, the fact that Gordon had to hit him on so many in the middle of the field, which, you know, six, seven yards, whatever, right? The fact that Esau Winston Jr., Tate Martin, Desmond Patton, like all these guys that have gashed other teams for ridiculous amounts. The fact that Cal was able to not only keep them in the middle of the field, and then when Wazoo entered, entered the red zone, I think that was really, it was key. I mean, yeah. I, I forget the 420 yards that they got. The 20 points is what matters most to me. Yeah, yeah, and one of those was in garbage time, right, too. Right. So, I mean, this defense played very well, and a lot of that, I mean, in my opinion, a lot of that, like, Wilcox won't say this, but I think a lot of it was because the offense was able to move the ball yeah. and, like, not put all the weight of the game onto the defense. Yeah. Josh, I remember you saying uh, maybe it was last podcast about you have such this really good defense at your disposal. Like, when are we going to start seeing results that you know match that defensive style? And like, this is a result that matches exactly what you were talking about. Here's what was also encouraging going off of that point is that I felt the offense actually had like they missed three plays and four plays. They missed some plays that could have made this even more lopsided. And so that's encouraging to me that they were able to still win. Despite two block kicks, right? Besides, you yeah. know, two really yeah. misfi- big misfires to yeah. Trayvon Clark, right? I mean, I think the fact that Cal was able to basically, in the fourth quarter when they went up 19 points, there was never any doubt at that point, to be able to separate themselves that much, having committed those mistakes, is, mm-hmm. is super encouraging. Yeah. Obviously, that has to be worked on. But. So, so what changed, right, in this two week period? I mean, Safel's not, like, he's great, but he's not that good. So, like, I, you know, and it's funny because, right, as, Monster starts to come into the fold. There is rumors that there will, there's going to be a different quarterback next week. Yeah. So it's it's kind of funny in that way. But like, what was the difference? Two turnovers running the ball. That's my takeaway from it. Is it's like the the fact obviously Jalen Hawkins the ball falls in his lap right. But just seeing that right from the get go is like takers are back. Everybody gets gets hyped up. And then obviously the very next play, Chris Brown Jr. goes gets to the edge. He's gone right. Starting the game out, it should have been 7-0, 6-2. I know that sounds weird, right? <laughs> Starting the game out like that, right, sets the tone right away. Like, like this is the type of game that's going to happen, and this is the type of game that Cal is capable of doing. It's just that the pieces haven't fallen into place, and, yeah. it, and part of it is injuries, obviously. The team that went out against Utah was not the team we saw yesterday with a, few, a couple exceptions. So yeah. what changed? The team got healthier. Um, I think starting off on the right foot was the main thing. Yeah. Um, just because, like, we've seen so many games where it's like, punt, 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 as we thought was going to happen, right? Yeah. Total opposite happened. So that was surprising and a good thing to see. You talk about starting strong, which obviously that's a major factor, but this is one of the first games in a long time where Cal's finished strong. They mm-hmm. had 13 fourth quarter points and um, were 3 of 5 on third down in the fourth quarter, and that's really what sealed the game. We've seen, like, Cal fall apart in the fourth quarter before, and, like, sometimes it does end up in a win, but a lot of times there's been multiple games this season where the defense has to make a game-winning stop on a final drive. So I was really encouraging to see the team pull away with it at the end with Monsters' uh, rushing touchdown. Also, some formations and some schemes that I hadn't had seen before, which yeah. was my, my main gripe from they, last they, they went back to the storage shed. Yeah. You know, they, went, they went back <laughs> and rewrote the play, playbook, came back out with new ink, you know. Just, uh, yeah, I wanna, I'm taking credit for that. <laughs>
Maybe we should give our player the game first before we move on to USC preview. Sure. Uh, I had, you know, uh, I guess wide receiver by committee, I think. Uh, Crawford was my main guy. Um, I thought he was great for the reasons that I mentioned before. Um, he was like the first figure and regular target um, that uh, stood out to me in the passing game in a few weeks. So I, I thought that was an encouraging sign. And obviously, Makai Polk, true freshman. In that that big. You know uh, what's interesting? Sorry, I don't want to cut you off. No, I don't. I can't recall a time when Kakoa Crawford dropped the ball. I me either. So I'm thinking about that too. Right, because we had the, we saw those problems with Clark and saw those problems with you know a couple whoever. other guys. Yeah, yeah Duncan yeah, or whoever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think I've seen Kakoa Crawford point. drop the ball yet. That's a good yeah. Point. I mean, you can see Kakoa Crawford's experience when he plays. I mean, he, yeah. He's very polished as a route runner, and I think he's the best, like most well-rounded receiver on the team in terms of sides, size, speed, and like just catching ability. It gave me a sense of like security when I saw him like out on the field, right? Because like I don't know. Like, it felt like he was meant to be there. He knew what he was doing, and him and Monster have a good connection. Mm-hmm. All right. Shale, what do you got? Um, I have Mike Safel. Yeah. Uh, he just kind of, I mean, having any quarterback will tell you that, that, like, the most important position for them is their center because, I mean, the whole offense runs through them. Having him back helped. We, I mean, we saw it help the rushing game a ton, but also he had a lot more time in the pocket, and when he scrambled, a lot of the times it was like a designed option or design run. We didn't see Monster like running for his life as many times as we saw against Utah and stuff like that. So, I mean, Safel's going to be a major factor, and he looked healthy. He didn't look like, I mean, we on Pokes touchdown, Safel was like almost keeping up with him, running down the field, um, putting on some final yeah. blocks. So, um, <laughs> that that's, that's definitely going to be, regardless of who's quarterback the next couple of games, Safel's going to be a major factor in keeping the offense going. Spencer went with uh, receivers by committee, Shailen kind of the offensive line. I'm going to go off like the secondary by committee, specifically Josh Drayden and Jalen Hawkins. Um, Drayden's a guy that's literally, like, he's my age. He came here fall 2016. He's been around for a while. Um, he had his moment in 2017, picked off Sam Darnold, you know, had a pick six last season, but he's really, like, been out of the fold this year um, with Trayvon Beck taking on the role of the nickelback. And... Man, this dude can tackle like, yeah, like the perfectly. Heaven, there was a drive where he had like three or four t- like tackles near or at behind the line of scrimmage, and like the rest of the secondary, everybody's just like going nuts. Jalen Hawkins words were like, "Yeah, that kind of turned me up or whatever." Right? <laughs> like Josh Drayden, he's like he's a quiet guy, but he is super reliable when called upon, as we saw. And um, I think it's really easy to look past that. Last year against Washington State, Esau Winston Jr. two back to back plays in the fourth quarter beat him when Gardner Minshew threw the game-winning touchdown pass. Mm. This time around against the Cougars, he gets his opportunity to start, and then, like, a couple of really good tackles on the very first try, and then there was that the one drive in the third quarter where he just, like, laid the hammer on some of these receivers. And, yeah. Um, that was really nice to see. So, Josh Drayton credit, Jalen Hawkins, obviously, the, the two forced turnovers. So, really nice job by the secondary to kind of get things back on track. Well, my player of the game is not a player, actually. Ooh. I'm going to cheat. And I'm just going to say, like, I don't think that any of this would have happened without Bo Baldwin. Um, I think, I know, right? I went there. I really... <laughs> the individual um, of the game. Yeah, indi- yes. Um, I mean, we've seen the disasters that have unfolded when you know Baldwin decided to just treat Monster and Brash the exact same way that he was treating Garbers. And like finally playing to Monster's strengths of, of throwing downfield. Um, finally, you know, tossing some play actions in there and just like, just really, I think he, I think he was smart about this game and I think that it just had an awesome trickle down effect. Like, you know, the offensive line was great, gave Monster more time to pocket to run the plays. Like the defense is also awesome at contributing to all of this, but I think it all started 
back with Baldwin and recognizing like like he's got to change some stuff about the way that he was coaching. So I'm I'm glad that he did. Obviously, I think it worked out well. But whether or not he continues, you know, being flexible for the next few games is a different matter. So, but I mean, you know, it worked out. It worked out. I think Wilcox also has Wazzy's defense figured out. Or sorry, offense. Obviously, all of us agree with Modster. No one said it, but I mean, four touchdowns. No, oh, Chris yeah. Brown Jr. 100, no 120 uh, all-purpose yards and well, two yeah. touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the so. other thing. I mean, like, no matter how good your coaches are, you need the players to to make it happen too. So, like everybody that you guys mentioned, even players that we didn't mention, everybody had a really, really good night. Yeah, I think we can all agree that this is maybe the first game of the season where the offense and defense were both playing well for like the majority mm-hmm. of the game at the same time. Yeah. So, that's something that is not a guarantee in next games, but yeah. if if it can happen, I mean, Cal doesn't have a game left where they're, like, a heavy underdog yeah. by any means. So, yeah. I mean, if there's more performances like this, you don't, you don't know what can happen. Okay, so... For all of you, I have a I have a question. So obviously Chase Garbers, there's rumors of him coming back and playing for USC or maybe even Stanford. Um, but do you guys think that he should even start? I mean, for me, it worries me because I don't think he'll be back at full strength. And especially after that showing that Monster had, you know, I mean, I don't know if that's something that was just super anomalistic or if he is actually going to, you know, be consistent with that good play for the rest of the season. But I mean... For me, it, it seems like a risky move to to put Garbers in. I don't know if he's going to be up to it. I mean, he was. We saw him throwing with his left arm, like before the game, before the Wazoo game. So I mean, you know, that just that scares me a little. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think there's still a lot to play for this season. I think he has to play. Um, if he was your guy at the beginning of the season, he's still your guy now. Um, in in, re- in regards to Wilcox. Uh, I think he has to play. Yeah, I don't if think he's healthy. I don't think they're gonna let him play until yeah. he's fully, yeah, was, fully my, healthy. My point was, unless he's fully healthy, why would you play him? Yeah, like they're not gonna. If, if he can't healthy, throw, he if playing. he can't throw as far as he normally can throw, they're not gonna play him. Well, yeah. So get well, given he is at full strength, and if there was even a debate whether you know Monster would continue to play, um, I think there isn't enough of a sample size on Monster's front. It's got to be Chase yeah. to change the yeah. to change the decision. And like you know, you can't argue with Garbers's you know. De- uh, development in the way he the way he played earlier in the season yeah i definitely think garber should start but i do think that he might play a bit different than he did at the start of the season because he ran the ball a lot and yeah. just like it's natural instinct even if they're uh, they're probably not going to change the playbook but i mean he just came back from a serious injury and it's going to be his natural instinct to not want to take as many hits and like right. not be as aggressive running the ball so i think we might see him I don't think he'll consciously do that, but I mean, we're going to see him probably become more of a pocket passer than he was in the first quarter of the season. Well, that's what worries me. Like, I don't think that we can expect Garbage to come back as the same that he was before. I mean, yeah. even just being cold for so many weeks, like not, not having any in-game reps, like that'll do stuff to your mentality. And also going into the game, you know, not wanting to snap your collar. Yeah. <laughs> is a, another thing that's definitely going to affect it. So I don't think... 
I mean, personally, I think it would be safer to play Monster. I almost like the style that they were playing with Monster better than the way they were playing. I mean, I guess it just seemed riskier to me the way they played with Garbers. Like, a lot of scrambling, a lot of running. I mean, that only sometimes seemed to work out. I mean, obviously, like, they seemed to didn't know what they were doing. You know, four straight games doesn't just happen, you know, but... The only thing for me is if we were taught... If this game hadn't happened, we... This wouldn't even... This question wouldn't even be posed. So, like, I... I, I agree with your sentiment and like, yeah, monster. We should continue on this way, but I mean, I just this is the this is the first bright spot in a lot of dark spots. Yeah. So I think, yeah, if you, I mean, and and they, you know, they just ride Garbers till the end. So I feel like there's no other option. If he's fully healthy, he's gonna yeah. Be if he's fully healthy, I think you play Chase Garbers. Devon Monsters like hit one good game. I don't see that as like a reason. Like I think we focus too much on what just happened. I like both win or loss. I. Without a doubt, on based on Chase Garbers' numbers, and I don't think just because like he suffered the injury doesn't mean like he's still out there playing football. Like, yeah. It's not like he's gonna like completely change like the way he plays. He's still the same player, obviously. Like you know, coming off of an injury itself, that's fine. But I don't. I think his mindset. Like he's one of the toughest guys I've ever met. And I think that shouldn't be an issue per se. So if, if he's fully healthy, play him. If he's less anything less than fully healthy, Devon Watcher's gonna play. Yeah. Emily, what's uh, your other question? So I was just gonna ask how likely you think four wins in a row are. Like we've alluded to, <laughs> no. I mean, probably, I mean, probably not. I think it's more likely than people think. I don't think it's likely, no. like above fifty percent. But yeah, I think. I mean, I think Stanford's the best chance of a win. To be honest, mm-hmm. the rest of the season, I agree. But I mean, USC and UCLA are both beatable, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, USC plays a similar air raid offense that Cal has shut down against Washington State mm-hmm. and in seasons past. So, um. I mean, that's a home game, too. UCLA has been so inconsistent this season. Sometimes they look great, and sometimes they look horrible. Yeah. But, I mean, I would bet on 3-1. and one. Like, I would actually bet on 3-1, and one, but, um, well, including lot, this win Including already. this win? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, including this win. So you're saying 7-5 in the season? Yeah. I agree. I think, I think uh, either UCLA... We're going to get a different version of either USC or UCLA than... Like, there's two versions of them, in my eyes. One with Daniels. In USC's case, one with Daniels, one without Daniels. And then in UCLA's case, you know, whoever shows up. If, you know, the team in general decides to show mm-hmm. up for UCLA. Because they've been so inconsistent, as Shalen said. Yeah, I, I'd go at 6-6. Six and six. I think, I think I agree with Shalen. Stanford's the, mo- the, the most likely win, um, despite the history. I think USC is much better than people give them credit for it. I'm... I think it's very easy to fall into this habit of like well, what happened last week, and I don't think like a big just because Cal won this past weekend doesn't mean that. I, I yeah, I, I based off of the numbers, what I'm looking at, I don't have a good feeling about this weekend, and given the fact that USC has had Cal's number for so long, even with last season, um, they're gonna get fully healthy this week after their running backs were like all held out last week. Um, they have three of the best receivers in the nation, in my opinion. Like that group is just elite, regardless of who's under center. So. Um, the fact that they've dealt with three different quarterbacks and produced the numbers that they have, I just, I, my take with this weekend in particular, that's like kind of a toss up one, given that it's at home and there's gonna be a lot riding on the senior day, a lot of emotions, right? You think um, it's more of a toss up than UCLA? No, 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 no. I think I think this is the toss up in terms of six and six, seven and five. Gotcha. Um, I, I think UCLA is also a different challenge. Um, playing on the road and I think especially coming off of a big win against Stanford, which is what I think is gonna happen. I think. It, it's going to be hard to sustain that high, and they're going to fall back or just knowing this Cal team. So, yep, um, can't have hope, right? I'm not saying you can't have hope. I'm just I'm, this is what I'm feeling in terms of like 
like, just the way that these guys play and the consistency, like, every team, like, we, we say, like, oh, USC is consistently, like, we can't assume that Cal's going to be the same way as this past weekend because of that, incons- that consistency well, yeah. thing. I mean, this is, right. they've only done this once. Right. <laughs> Predictions, you fools. <laughs> Fool Leo. <laughs> uh, Emily, what do you got for uh, USC? I'm super hesitant to say that I think that Cal can pull off a win because everything that I've seemed to want to happen this season has gone exactly the opposite. So if I say that maybe I think that they're going to lose, then maybe the they'll win. win. Yeah, some reverse psychology what happened last on week. the universe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, and I, at this point would like to be as safe as possible. I don't want to jinx anything. <laughs> okay, so I will say <laughs> for the sake of Cal, that Cal will lose uh, a very close contest, maybe like 21-27 something like that. Mm. Um, but just know that I actually want Cal to win. <laughs> Thank you. That's my prediction. Yush. 24-13 USC. Something along those lines. Not, not like... Um, Still have some things to figure out. Um, Stephen Carr, Valde Malapai, their health is questionable this week. Um, USC's tailbacks, but uh, something along those lines, yeah. I'm going to say 23-17, Cal. Oh. I like it. Uh, oh, oh. I think, uh, I think it's going to be a little high-scoring affair. I think we're gonna, it's going to surprise some people. I had Cal scoring 24 points this week, <laughs> and they, they, you know, they outperformed. So I think... Uh, I think USC is going to score 27 points, but I think Cal is going to score 28. Ooh. Oh. So we'll see. Um, what, do you, what do you mean? There's going to be some block extra points, man. you got to keep that in consideration. <laughs> block extra points returned for two yeah. points. Um, yeah, that shit was annoying. Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, guys, I mean, Jesus Christ. That's it, man. We're here. Not Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ uh, is our <laughs> Lord and Savior. Bob Walton is our Lord and Savior. Congratulations to Cal. Uh, they, you know, they they put out. Uh, game against USC is at 8 p.m. on November 16th. That is a Saturday. They may as well have it at midnight. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, it's going to end around that time anyways. Uh, it's going to be the Joe Roth game, and it is senior day as well. Tickets are running from forty-five to one hundred fifteen dollars. Forty. Forty dollars. Sell, sell go up. Forty dollars. Wow. Okay. Uh, that game's also going to be on Office One. Um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of what we got going on here. Thank you for listening, and thanks for um, listening. Hi, producer Michael Bruss here. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Daily Cal. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Cal Sports and at the Daily Californian. You can find us on Facebook at The Daily Californian, and you can find this podcast on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. We leave you with a clip from Washington State versus Cal. There's on third down, Brown in motion, they go down the line screen, getting space, down!